Welcome to the Anime Book Club. Today we are discussing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Stardust Crusaders, episodes 18, 19, and 20. Matt, how's it going? It is going good. We got a three-part going today. Uh, I know we got a three-peat. This is this is quite an adventure. And if this is if someone has randomly found this podcast, we were it is as it sounds. It's an anime book club. We watch a couple of episodes of anime a week and then discuss it. <laughs> And uh, we started with JoJo. We did not start with something short. So we'll be doing JoJo at least for the next year or so. So welcome to the fun. Yeah, although I am eyeing that Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Yeah, so I think maybe bonus bonus episodes, or maybe we do that at the end of this JoJo. Before we go to part four, we just watch those four movies. It's not even on Netflix yet, is it? Don't we have like another couple weeks? We have another couple of weeks before, and it's Amazon who bought the rights. Oh, was it Amazon? Yeah, do you have Prime? I do. Oh, good. All right. So, yeah, the, the exclusive announcement. We're probably going to watch those Ava movies, and we'll see how well, uh, number one, we remember things, and number two, if uh, watching Ava as men in their 30s is a different experience from watching it as boys in their <laughs> teens. That'd be right. I was, like, 14 when that show was on in America. I mean, well, we're the same age, so we were, like, 14 when that show came out. It's got to we hit different. It's got to. Close enough to the age of like the characters where you felt mm. connection like are we gonna watch this and be like gendo akari was right <laughs> <laughs> it's like when i watch little mermaid now that i'm a parent and go you know what king trident yeah, knew what guy, he was talking about that guy knew what was what or uh um shoot see i don't remember that show that well enough i'm trying to remember the name of the dude with the white like fukatsuki i think his name is like this is the oh. old white-haired man that works with gendo I don't even remember that character existing that you're talking about. Exactly. All right. But that's that's the future. What we're yeah, going to be talking JoJo. about now is some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And uh, you know what? I would say thematically, what a weird grouping of episodes to kind of pair together. <laughs> Works really well, though. They all take place in um, Saudi Arabia, though. Yeah. They all take place in Saudi Arabia in the desert. So they're locationally but, good. Exactly. Um, so let's just jump into this. Episode 17 the sun and i don't remember if this has ever happened before in jojo but we get some in media res action matt oh yeah this... no not, you know i don't know i cannot tell off the top of my head <laughs> but yeah um, we start we start in the middle of things everyone's kind of boned and jojo uh, good old joseph is like how, how did this happen how could we have been so foolish to fall into this trap? Uh, we get a couple of a step. We see the sun in the sky. There's a broken canteen, some broken binoculars, uh, and everyone's like panting like crazy. And uh, I noticed that uh, Paul Naraf is wearing a cloak, and I thought that was very important to write down. <laughs> it must have been because I didn't even remember that cloak. I don't know why costume changes. Maybe because it happens so little in animation. I think whenever a character costume changes, I like freak out. I, I mean, I was following you when it came to the previous seasons of JoJo, when they happened a lot in the... Yeah. Oh, man, they were so much more fashion-forward back then. They were. Joseph hasn't been keeping up with his old self. He's not young anymore, Pat. Yeah, I know. He can only yeah. change his outfit, like, once every two weeks. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like Einstein. He just brought five of the same outfit. <laughs> so, um, we now flash back after the intro... Uh, the narrator remind us that uh, the lovers' fight was all about a big old coward. I love the fact that he was like, the cowardly lover. <laughs> Just crapping on Steely Dan. You're an eyes. I think Steely Dan's still best villain, right? Yeah, no, definitely. No, nothing in these top Steely Dan. We're not yeah. close to that. Tier list continues. Steely Dan on top. 
Uh, we've entered the United Arab Emirate, I believe is the UAE. Uh, yeah. That's where we're in now. Uh, we get a we get an interesting scene where they're in like an auto dealership. We see Joseph sign a check. I think his handwriting's pretty good. That was my major note of this. It's impressive. I guess he does have it's his fleshy hand. He's signing right. He's right handed. I don't think. Yeah, so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His 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 yeah. He's signing with his flesh hand. Um, and we get to see Polnareff hitting on a lady. He's just hitting on a random lady. Reminded us that Polnareff is not best boy. Yeah, no, he's definitely not best boy. Polnareff is Polnareff can be a little pushy. Uh, however, uh, Joseph turns Polnareff into into straight up guile by mushing his hair. <laughs> Do you hear that sound effect? Well, it's, uh, Joseph like uh, drops like a clipboard on his head. I think yeah. it was, but like you don't see what he dropped on his head at start, and the sound effect that his hair makes when it moves. It sounded like he took a chunk out of him. Yeah, it's like really... just taking a bite out of his shoulder or something. <laughs> they they made some weird because and and it makes like Looney Tune sounds almost when he's re-straightening it, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was funny because Polnareff does admit that he actually it requires effort to have hair like like he doesn't just have hair like that like he spends time off camera making his hair that way, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> it's it's interesting world building to remind us that in the world of JoJo the people. All these pretty boys that we're watching in these animes are probably actually spending time glamoring up. I, I gotta say, it's if you look at this, think about it. Kakyoin, Jotaro, and Joseph all have real messy hair. Yeah. But Polnareff is the only one who's straightening and somehow getting it to stick up. <laughs> I, I take that back about Kakyoin. Look at his hair. That that is some work going in there. It's it's that it's, curl it's, doesn't maintain itself. It's a controlled burn, if I will, like a <laughs> like a wildfire that they plan. That is Kakoin's hair. It is. It takes effort to make it look like it didn't take effort. Exactly. But uh, there's a lot of time the camera does its dwell on Kakoin that I can imagine he's doing his hair. Polnareff just always seems to be in frame. It's fair. <laughs> um, and then we have the best thing where Joseph is like, I to paraphrase, he's like, "Shut up and stop trying to be a person. You're a driver. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, like that's the whole reason they keep him around is the drive. Keep driving, dummy. <laughs> I guess it's, that's true though. Is it? He's only really around to drive. The other two are underage. I guess. I guess that's our that's our current running theory is that Jotaro and Kekyoin are far too young to drive. <laughs> Look at their baby faces. They got to be like this? what ten? Yeah, ten or fifteen. <laughs> God, I I hate the fact that that's probably almost correct. <laughs> 15 might be really close. I think we looked it up a couple episodes. I think they're 17 and 18. Yeah. I think think they're both. A lot younger than it looks. They're younger than they need to be. Like, Jotaro looks like he's, like, 38. Like, dude's doing his. Dude's doing his. Um, (laughs) But, uh, and then we have a nice little note, um, which I actually think has an incredible payoff, where Kekoin is like, why are you paying so much for a fancy car? Um, and they have like a, it's, it's, it's a real nice looking car, real nice, something that, uh, anybody's dad would have been happy to have in the late eighties. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're not driving the very far distance in that car either. Like, uh, Joseph breaks out the map and says, we're going to drive here and then we're going to buy a plane. Yeah. I mean, that's his, I love the fact that they go over their own stupid, um, like mentality where it's like, well, we can't have a plane. The reason we're avoiding planes is because planes are too dangerous because a stand could crash them, but we can get a Cessna, a private plane. Ha ha ha. Um, 
But before that, and I really, I don't know if you wrote the same note. I did. Mine was in all bold, all caps. I was so excited because as they're driving, they finally have a housing conversation with real estate agent Joseph Joestar. You're going to have to go over that conversation. What'd they say? Well, they're driving through, and, and Paul Naraf is all like, man, these houses look real nice. He's like, yeah, oh, they'd yeah. probably go for a couple of a million. In, in Japan, they'd cost this much, and here's why the market here is in the way that it is. It's like, because he seems to have infinite money, so he's got to be pretty... I don't think he's just funded by the by inheriting the uh, Speedwagon Foundation money. Oh, Speedwagon money runs deep, man. Uh, I think I think he's actually smart enough that he runs a successful business, <laughs> or charismatic enough. Are you saying he's a legitimate businessman? Well, if I remember how '80s CEOs work, all he doesn't have to know shit about what he's doing. He just got to act with confidence, right? Oh God, that he's the most successful man. Yeah, <laughs> so no he's like, there we are. We know exactly <laughs> why he's so rich. But yeah, and we, uh God, the richest Joe Star. But I was excited because we've. We've joked about it being a real estate agent, so hearing him talk about the market and the the oil boom, I was like, "Yay!" It was a, it was a good accomplishment to have. I was I was so excited. Uh, we get a little note in the car where Catcoin uh, is not part of the conversation they're having, and he's like, "I think we're being followed." He's like, "I'm all creeped out." They, they say that every episode, though, don't they? Not every episode. Do they really we'll not? find out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> You know what? Maybe this episode solely serves to just set up the next. But yeah, they're they're all like, oh man, yeah, that does seem kind of crazy. But you know, it's look at this. It's like we're wide out in the open. If the stand user was coming to guess, we'd surely notice them. Right. And that line made me finally realize, oh good, they're finally just as paranoid as they should be. As they, they should be. As they should be, because they've never had a second of not being attacked by a stand user. <laughs> um God, it's it's it's. How did crazy. Dio even find this many of them in this short a time span? It is in. Well, he's had three years to proactively recruit. I guess like just to wait for this moment to send them all one at a time. I guess yeah. Well, he met. He got a stand because of the old lady, mm. and maybe I don't know. He's he does have too big of a crew. I would say. Um. And we get a little, oh, we get a great thing here. So we've, we've caught up to where we were talking, where they're like, Joseph's like, I'm going to buy a Cessna. I'm going to buy a plane. And I'll fly it across this the Saudi Arabian desert. And Jotaro's like, ah, I'm not a fan of that. You're going to crash the plane. You've crashed three planes. The record is three at this point, right? Yeah, the record is, is three so far. And Joseph gives him the best, like, if you weren't my grandson, I'd hate you look. And they just kind of like have to push through <laughs> their family they make it work family. we uh we then get to uh joseph kind of like uh outlines his plan where it's like hey we're gonna drive to a couple of different villages and blah 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 blah, blah. and we get to a village and the great reveal happens where he bought an expensive car because he's going to trade it for camels for four camels for four camels which is great. He's like, ah, money doesn't matter out here. Trading matters a lot, and who cares? I just bought this car, and it's useless out here. Ha, ha, ha. And it's great because he's saying this in front of the man who's going to trade for it. He's like, ah, this car you want is you. Ha, ha. And he's 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 really Joseph. Like, if you've been yeah. missing, like, Joseph, uh, uh, you know, Battle Tendency era Joseph, he is full-blown Battle Tendency for, like, the next five minutes. Oh, there's a perfect – got to take a screenshot of his face while he's making a deal. Because it's yeah. one of those, like – 
crazy greens. I'm gonna make it my profile pick on my phone now. I've gotta. It's so good. It's so good because he um. It's. I think one of my favorite parts of this is while he's explaining, there's two great looks. And the second other thing that happens during this, which I love, is that while he's talking, they have this kind of like, the gang's behind them, but they don't animate Kekoin or Jotaro. Only Polnareff is animated, but it's a loop of kind of like a nervous look. <laughs> it's like a fun little like cheap animation thing that's happening. And when they make the deal, and he also asks for, like, water as well. He's like, yeah, give me your water, too. And he's like, water's too expensive for... That water doesn't pay for that car. And Joseph just gives him that wild-eyed look I think you're thinking about. Yeah. And it's great. It's all great. It's fantastic. And it's, we did, yeah. I love that he just doesn't care that he's losing money on the deal, either. Yeah. He's, just, he's never had problems throwing around, proving, once again, the greatest power in any anime or any IP is just being rich. Yeah. It's like the he's yeah, basically he, he has the Iron Man line from Avengers philosophy where it's like without yeah. all my powers I'm still rich. <laughs> Nothing changes that. I'm Joseph Joestar. I've got speed wagon money. Uh we then have the camel scene. Uh, a couple of highlights happen in the camels. They get their camels. A uh, Polnareff spritzes one with either an air freshener or I don't know a, a, maybe like a a, a breathment spray or something like that. And then, boy, Joseph Joestar is heavily Joseph Joestar. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to ride a camel. He's going to show them all. And, of course, the comedy anime thing, he can't even get onto the camel. And they're like, have you ever ridden a camel? He's like, nah, but I watched Lawrence of Arabia three times, so I, co I totally get it. <laughs> oh, he's never stopped being Joseph. It's so good. And now I kind of wish I need to go back and maybe someone else has done this, but I want to keep track of the uh, pop culture references that all the characters are making is I do like that. I I have this thing where it's like, like how Paul Nareff like talks about Tom and Jerry and Jotaro liked watching Columbo as a child. Like the idea that Jotaro liked Lawrence of Arabia, I think also kind of tells a little bit about himself. Would, would Columbo have been on Japanese TV? In the 80s? How old is Columbo? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Columbo. Let's see when Columbo was even on. Uh, It was on in the 60s. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he would have totally caught Columbo. But I just like the... It kind of reminds me of, like, Deadly Premonition, where every now and then a character liking pop culture if it really like speaks to the character can go beyond just making a reference and actually let you more know more about the person. Yeah. And I kind of like you. that about these. It's kind of like a shortcut. Yeah. It, it just makes them feel like, like the fact that I've believed every reference, every character, like no one has made a reference yet where I'm like, well, that doesn't add up. <laughs> no way. Polnareff watches Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Nah. It's like, it's like if we found out that like, um, Ketcoin watches soap operas, I would not bat an eye. I'd be like, yeah, no, no, yep, guilty pleasure. If he spent all his time watching the Travel Channel. God, yes. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't watch television. He's at the library 24-7 reading travel books. <laughs> oh, I miss our... I wish more of our um, tourists, Kakioin, had paid off. God, I wish so. I just imagine him like the Little Mermaid. Like, he's just part of this world, like, looking at maps all the time, hoping where he's going to go. Oh, I'm watching the scene right now where where uh, uh, Joseph actually finally got on the the camel. 
Oh yeah, so there's <laughs> he's off screen being like murdered by the camel and it's incredible. So quick little highlights of the camel scene. A camel spits on Joseph. He then bribes it with an apple, gets up there, and they do the like money saving great joke of you hear him starting to walk off. He's like, ah, camels move different than horses, but you know, I know how to die. And you just see like Polnareff, Joseph, and Catcoin's faces as he crashes, which has the great revelation of like they cut to, they're all on camels, and now Joseph is covered in bandages. Like they even bandaged over his clothing. <laughs> it's like the first time they've ever even bothered to try to bandage a wound. We've seen people like like parts of them explode and they've never bandaged before. How bad did that camel fuck Joseph up <laughs> if it finally mattered? He's just lay on the ground screaming, Medic! Medic! He had like five less fingers when we found him. Yeah. <laughs> um God, it's it's so crazy. And then the gang finally rides off into the camels. Uh, we get another bit of Ketcoin being like, guys, I totally think we're being followed. And then I don't think this works the way they think it do. I think uh, it's Paul Naraf who mentions like, why are you worried, buddy? We tied palm leaves to the back of our camels. And the camera pans out, and they're just leaving four giant trails. I think much more noticeable than camel tracks behind their camels. I did wonder about that, because I, I swear once they sit... First, I didn't understand why they had the palm trees behind them, and then they said it, and they're like, oh, that sounds familiar. They did that in something. They probably might have done that in the real world. But that I might can't... have happened in life. But it's hard to imagine, without other knowledge, how that actually would hide their trails, right? Yeah, I don't... Because it doesn't, like, isn't there enough... Neither of us have been to the Saudi Arabia. Never mind. I was already thinking, like, yeah. well, is there enough wind? Doesn't the wind just... Uh... We're not speaking as experts here. Like, I don't... Maybe it, like, loosens the trail enough that the wind covers the trail and it's hard, harder to follow. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of extra work, and I think it looks silly. <laughs> it did look a bit silly. As, as we continue to just... Uh, but wait a minute. Why are we even talking about this? Because the maybe best moment of this episode happens. Uh, where Jotaro goes to use binoculars, but instead of looking into the binoculars, he has Star Platinum look into the binoculars. <laughs> yeah. Which is really confusing, because I thought he couldn't see what Star Platinum sees. Well, Star Platinum can see really... Yeah, wait, maybe he, like, whispers into his ear what he saw, because... <laughs> Man, it doesn't talk! You're right. That's why he didn't do the sketch. Oh, that is why he had to do the skit. I don't know because Star Platinum's eyes are already awesome. I don't. I have no Maybe idea. Maybe he was just being friendly to Star Platinum. It was like when your yeah. little brother you're looking through something and your little brother goes, "Oh, let me see." So like, can he? Go. Can he look through Star Platinum's eyes? So is he looking like not like he could see through it, but like he can use them as binoculars as well? No, it was off to the side. Never mind. Yeah. Is this like periscope action? <laughs> but I when he when Star Platinum mushes his stupid blue face up against those binoculars i had to pause because i was laughing my my head off so i thought that was the funniest looking image of all time i noted it but it, i don't think it impacted me the way it hit you oh my god it hit me hard man i thought that was so stupid because <laughs> every now and then they're just like oh by the way star platinum is just for punching <laughs> he's a person he's remember part that, of this team remember that one time he drew a fly I, I was just thinking about it now. Oh my god! Um, the, Star the, Platinum the, wanted to be an artist. Yeah, he was all jealous of the fact that, like, the time first time we meet Ketcoin, he's painting. Star Platinum wishes he were painting. He wanted to gash a leg, and yeah. whole... just like Oro, 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 Oro. <laughs> talks like a Pokemon or something. 
Uh, the gang continues to walk, and then they all start um, talking about how hot it is and complaining how hot it is. And then we have a great moment where both uh, both of the JoJo's freak out about their watches. Um, which, I mean, it makes sense because it's way too hot for it to be a little after eight. But, like, the over-anime reaction they have to, like, it's eight! It's ten past eight! <laughs> I, I liked the overreaction. I liked the anime-esque of this. Well, I mean, I'd be pretty freaked out if somehow I had lost multiple hours of my day. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, we thought it was still daylight, but Which... it's nighttime because of the heat. Yeah, I, I I misread that entirely. I thought somehow, like, they had... First of all, I wasn't paying enough attention. I thought they had both uh, shouted out different times on their watches. And I they're think... like, I thought we were in some kind of, like, time loop trap. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I think I think Joseph says it's like, it's 8 o'clock. And then Jotaro, who is much more... I think Jotaro can't help but say the right time. Like, I think it's 8.10. Joseph will be like, it's 8 o'clock. And Jotaro's like, it's 10 after 8. I think that's why that happened. Uh, and then we get the amazing moment where someone says, is the sun an enemy stand? <laughs> yeah, they look up, and it's not even a sun anymore. It's like a vortex of fire. <laughs> yeah, it's like flame tendrils zooming out. They're like, oh my god, is the sun an enemy stand? This might be my favorite. I don't understand how this wasn't more devastating than it turned out to be in this anime. But yeah. I love the fact that I think for the first time, the stand was literally what it was called. Yeah. One what, to one. What is the sun? Oh, it's literally a sun. It's a big ball of fire. <laughs> oh, God. I, it is It is crazy. It is. I love the fact that it's just a ball of fire. What's our um, enemy? The sun is our enemy. We have to fight the sun. <laughs> uh, because it is the sun the gang immediately hides behind some rocks to try and get shade and uh, they have a little debate about what to do and it is so funny because Polnareff is on thermometer duty this whole time like everyone's talking about times and Polnareff's like we're at this degree ah we're not I'm the helping. metrics oh, yeah, it's like Celsius I think he's yelling yeah. at He's like, ah, we're at this degree Celsius. Ah. Um, and then they have like a whole kind of like debating stand user. It's like, is it a short range stand? Maybe it's far away. Maybe we didn't even see them. And Joseph is like, nah, this thing is so hot. He's got to be close by. They 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 have that kind of an effect. Uh, we have a, an amazing visual image of a scorpion just bursting into dust. And then the uh, camels kind of collapse. Poor camels. They just left them out there to die. Yeah, that was a bummer. They didn't try to lead them away or anything like that. Um, I guess spurred on by the, the torturing of camels, Catcoin's like, put me in, coach. And they're like, don't do it, Catcoin. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And he shoots out um, <laughs> Herophant Green, who like heads, climbs up into the sky, and he does like a 20 meters, 40 meters, 60 Kekoin meters. Where get his head covering from? Because he's got like a shawl thing going on now. I didn't make a big. He had it. Uh, he's had it. Uh, when when whenever Polnareff got his cape, Kekoin started wearing his dealy do. When yeah. they met the camels, he's very he's very careful about his skin. He needs to be. He needs to best, be best boy. Best boy needs to be careful about his skin. Uh, basically, it culminates with Kekoin. I think getting to hundred meters, trying Emerald Splash, and it going very bad. Like the sun, like shoots laser beams at everybody. <laughs> he pissed off the sun. Why'd you do that, son? Why would you anger the sun? Um, and then, in response, Jotaro uses Dig. 
Uh, he he punches the ground so hard they can hide in a punch hole that they have. So I guess maybe a callback to when he dug underneath that car, or when he actually this is the second time that he's been set on fire and had to dig himself to be fine. Yeah, you know that's exactly what it. Is. The last time he was able to just do it on his own. Yeah, <laughs> like he practically <laughs> phased through it like cars did. He didn't seem to be doing much this time. He blew up in a big giant hole. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's some crazy times. Now that they're all in the hole, uh, they have a quick little conversation. We're like, Kakoi, and you know, shouldn't you be hurt more? And it's like, ah, I shot Emerald Splash at it, and apparently that, uh, superficial, like it kind of canceled each other out, I guess, or something like that. Like he's hurt, but he's only kind of hurt. It, like every kind of superficial hurt in JoJo. Yeah, he, he had tons of blood spray, so you know he's fine. You know he's fine. He didn't take uh, a bullet to the dome, so he's fine. Exactly. <laughs> the the one way to kill someone in JoJo is you shoot them and stab them at the same time. <laughs> you gotta be certain. Gotta be certain. Um, I wrote in my notes that Catcoin is starting to go nuts and is giggling, like he's he's getting like the heat heat kind of like crazies. Um, I wrote in my notes. Uh, I guess I was thinking of Armageddon. Wrote, he's got space sickness, like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and it's a weird laughing too. It's like I don't think that voice actor thought anything was funny at all that day yeah it's it's same with like the same kind of energy that he did like the lick sound effect with well, he's, uh, yeah it's like <laughs> it's just kind of like a reminder that best boy kakyoin who i still maintain his best boy he is best is, boy he is weird as f yeah he's as af he's he only seems normal because of the company he keeps <laughs> you're right <laughs> it's all about perspective it's a forced perspective thing I, I feel like Kakoi did not have friends at that school. Like, he's only benefited from his association with these lunatics he travels with. He didn't have um, a hair like JoJo did, right? Like, none of the girls were swimming over him. I remember uh, it was like that you had that one thing where it's like when Jotaro was like, leave me alone. And Kakoi's like, don't worry, ladies. And I'm like, oh, you're tall too. Okay. But he didn't proactively get ladies, at least from what I recall. Uh, we have a couple of highlights out of this. Um, Joseph notices that their canteen has been punctured, and he goes, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, these three episodes were just full of English from, jo from uh, Joseph. Joseph starts cursing English a ton, and God, all of it's great. Uh, he tries to use his binoculars. The sun shoots those, and he yells, son of the bitch, which yes, is also that was like, awesome. It was great. Some of the best cursing you'll ever hear. Um I then wrote in my notes, like, why is he using the sand to do Purple Hermit to find the stand user? But whatever, who cares? <laughs> that will never come back again. Exactly. Exactly. That's the last we'll get of that. Uh, the, the, the anime, I can't tell if this is expensive or not, but they do, like, um... It looks like the hole is, like, CG. like a It's like a polygonal thing. And they do, like, a, a camera pan around it. So I don't know if that was expensive or not. But they do, like, a thing where they spin around it. And then we get, like, psychedelic color things. And everyone just seems like they're totally boned. Yeah, it's like an acid trip on heat, I guess. it's Yeah. We get, like, a weird moment where I guess they all feel they're about to die of heat. Oh, our, our things are all doomed. Uh, then Catcoin just starts, like, hyper laughing. And Joseph is like, oh, no. He's... He's hyper laughing. It's terrible. And then Jotaro starts hyper laughing. It sets the theme for what happens in the next two episodes, too. Yeah. Where, where Joseph looks like Kakyoin and goes, oh no, his, his mind broke. But wait for broke. it all along. The, the quick thing he's like, I guess we're going to have to abandon Kakyoin. Like, <laughs> it's like they've been waiting for Kakyoin to lose his mind. It seems like they've all been waiting for the second Kakyoin loses his mind for some do reason. They, do you think they have a bet? 
<laughs> they have a bet someone's trying to win. I guess, you know, if I had to place that bet, my money would be on CatCoin too. I guess between all of them, because I think Polnareff is too dumb to realize yeah. when a situation should break his mind. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you know what? And Jotaro's not going to snap. No. Nope. But he does snap, Matt. He's laughing too. <laughs> oh no, the heat got to all of them. He got to him as well. And that really bothers Joseph oh. when he sees Jotaro start to go. And then it, I wrote in my notes, of course Polnareff starts giggling too. <laughs> Polnareff doesn't get it. I swear. There's no way Polnareff got it. I think he just felt left out. I think he had heat exhaustion. The other two were up to something. Uh, well, but we have a, a great Jotaro's, image. Yeah. But it's, it's Jotaro's laugh. It's like, Joseph is supposed to be believing at this moment that all of them are losing their minds out of from heat yeah. exhaustion. But he's not wrong because Joseph has never, or sorry, Joseph, Jotaro has never laughed like this. Yeah. And this it's, laugh it's, is insane. He's like, ha, 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 ha. It's like, yo, man, do you know you have an evil laugh? It's what I. <laughs> like, they should have a talk after this. And I don't Here's know if this. The villain is going to be Jotaro. Yeah, I don't know if we're looking for like another the Pillarman chuckle, but Joseph looking at the three of them laughing their heads off makes a pretty good thumbnail. <laughs> You're not wrong. I was like, I'm used to this. I know what this means. <laughs> and Joseph, like, he grabs Kakyo and he's like, boy, you're, you're, you're weak and you're frail. This is terrible. You got to pull yourself together. And then Kakyo stops laughing and he's like, hold up. Hey, hey, we need to look at that rock. That person, that rock big enough to hide a person. And Joseph's like, yeah, that is big enough to hide a person. He's like, look at that other rock. He's like, yeah, that also is big enough to hide a person. He's like, they're the same rock, Joseph. Look at them. Look at them. And then Jotaro's like, this is stupid. I'm done with this episode. He then, like, uses Star Platinum to pick up a rock. He throws it, and it shatters some glass. Yeah, that's what he does. He's like, I'm done with this episode. It's over. He's like, I've had a good giggle, but I'm done. We're done. We're done with this. We're leaving. Uh... I feel so, like, how is Joseph the last one to put this stuff together? It is kind of crazy because I feel like he's someone who really should have, like, as a trickster character, as the, like, Loki of JoJo, he should have been the first to figure it out. Maybe he was overthinking it? Maybe that's his issue. Maybe he maybe he had heat exhaustion from the old age. Yeah, poor poor Joseph. And Jotaro is particularly mean to Joseph. I don't remember what he said, but I just remember it's like, ow, he's very, almost like, I can't believe, maybe it was like you were too, I can't believe you were dumb enough not to figure this out or yeah, something. He says like something hurtful. Him, he calls it pathetic. and Oh, he blames the heat too. The heat's too much for yeah. you, is what he says. Oh, uh, he eats too, too much for you, old man. Um, and then, like, <laughs> the gang goes like, uh, F this episode. Like, they walk over and the villain is just like some fat dude who's laying on the ground. <laughs> Well, it's um, funny, like, he, he throws the rock. There's, like, a, a break in reality. Joseph's yeah. like, wait, you broke reality, Joseph, or Jotaro? Yeah. It's like, man, that's dumb. That's not what yeah, happened at all. Not what happened at all. It's a small piece of glass. It's a, what? No, <laughs> but look at the sky. It's night again. Yeah, it's cool night down. again. Like, well, I guess we won. Uh, I yeah. think Kakyoin even said, it's like, nope, that's over. The fight's over. We beat the enemy stand. Yeah, he's like, it's we're done, we're done, and like walk over, and it's like some fat dude who's like knocked out because the rock hit him in the head, and like Polnareff even grabs like the guy had a drink and he had an air conditioner, and Polnareff like starts drinking the guy's drink, and Joseph's like, wait, no, we don't know his name, we don't know his deal. Did wait, wait, how, what did Dio get to get him to do this? Like, we can't do this. Like, the show can't be over yet. And then the show has the title like The Son officially retired, <laughs> and like yeah. the script goes on without Joseph. We had like a commercial card that told us what the Stan's username was. It was Arabia Fats. 
which is um according to the JoJo wiki a uh a I guess a weird reference to Fats Domino, which is an yeah. American pianist. So father, that's kind of cool. Mother, uh, a very humble father of rock and roll. Ooh, I felt so that's cool. Uh, it's, it's weird though because um I get the fact that all the all the music reference names that Araki uses throughout the entirety of JoJo have zero relationship to the characters he puts them on. Yeah. Like, there's almost never even like a reference between the two. He's just like, okay, I'm going to use their name for this role. And that's just because he wants the name, he goes there for it. Yeah. I still feel he did. I still feel like he did him, did him bad somehow. Yeah. It is kind of a bummer that that's what his thought was. Well, it, it connects so poorly. I almost even don't, I don't even know how much it actually is meant to. It isn't. Um, like it, that's what I was just saying. Like there's yeah. no relation. He doesn't mean it to be an insult to the character. He just used his name. But I mean, yeah. come on, man, Fats Domino. You can't. You come can't on. just throw him out. Like he didn't even have the name until like three years after the publication. Oh, really? Is the yeah. anime that named him? Yes, because it never oh, got referenced so in the funny. manga. And no, he got named in a video game. I think. Let me look it up real fast. Oh, that's oh. so funny. Oh, because you can't just have people without names. Like, they have to be um, if they're in a video game. Yeah, it was revealed in the PlayStation port for Heritage for the Future that his name was Fats Domino. Or not Fats, uh... Arabia uh, Fats. Arabia Fats, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. He doesn't even move in the anime. Like, he might as well be a shot from the manga. Because he's just on the ground, not moving already yeah. with a lump in his head. I think it's it's kind of funny because, um... He's wearing like a Japan t, like a sun t. He, he looks like... Su he's wearing a shirt that looks like Sunfire from the X-Men. Yeah, kind of like that. It is, it is kind of funny. But yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, it, it just uh, the, the team then shits on the episode and then it ends. <laughs> like, well, this was silly. This was dumb. Yeah. This is the worst stand user we fought yet. The dude's stand was literally like a fire-tossing sun. That seemed like it should have been more horrifying than they made it out at the very end. Yeah. I To me, this just seems really insane that that was how this was resolved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. It was it was considered a joke, I guess. Um, yeah, what a crazy thing. And uh, I guess, unlike most of these things, it only covered two chapters of the manga. Normally, like an episode's like five or six, but this one only covered two. Oh, so I don't know. Interesting, funny. I think it's kind of funny that they um, that they made fun of it <laughs> as much as they did. And it just kind of moves along. Um, do you have any final thoughts about this episode before we move on to the two-parter? First question, did you watch the preview at the end of this episode? I did not. I, I went right to it. I, okay. I this, was the, this was one of the few previews that might have paid off because it was technically still a preview. But all it was was Kakyoin in PJs. Oh, my God. He wasn't in his uniform. He was in PJs in the preview for the next episode in a black void hearing a baby cry. That was the preview. There was no voiceover, no description, no music playing. And then he just screams. <laughs> That's like, how it Yes. He's like just sleeping in a black floor with a baby crying. And then close up of his face. Ah! <laughs> it's like, well, I'm jumping into Death 13 Part 1. Yeah, getting in there. It's like, what did you see when you closed your eye in Kekoin? Oh, the same shit I see every time I close my <laughs> What is that from? South Park. Um, South Park, okay. Yeah, it's that thing where it's like, I think it's the Helen Keller episode, like Cartman closes his eyes and you see like dead bugs and like all yeah. this terrible stuff. And they're like, what did you see? And he's like, yeah, the same stuff I see every time I close my eyes. 
I honestly think that's one of my favorite um, South Park jokes. I don't mm. think it's a big one, but I, I really, I really appreciate that goofiness. No, that one lingers. I remember that one pretty well. Ah, uh, good. Well, not speaking of South Park, but speaking of JoJo, we have episode nineteen, uh, death thirteen, comma part one. Uh, speaking of what you just talked about, we we open on uh, Catcoin like in PJs, laying in the darkness. We hear like a young, we hear either a baby or a kid crying. Um, and PJs. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it well, it almost looks like the PJs that Joseph was wearing back when he was at the 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 Cujo yeah. estate. Some old stripey things. Yeah, it's funny to see him in PJs. Um it's like we have I don't think we've ever seen him outside of his suit. No, because he's a student. He has to dress like one. Yeah, it's class could happen at any moment. You have to be prepared. <laughs> uh at first I mistakenly thought that he was sleeping in the back of a car, and then I remembered they didn't have a car, and then oh wait, he wakes up in a Ferris wheel. Um, and the funny thing is Ketcoin goes to the exact same thought process. He's like, wait a minute. I've, why am I in an amusement park? Why am I in an amusement park? I've never been to wait. Should I be in the desert? Where are the camels? Why is there a baby crying in the distance? Yeah. So Ketcoin, best boy Ketcoin quickly, like, like takes stock. Like, all right, whatever's happening, this isn't normal. And I'm really glad that he's really quick to be like, all right, this is odd. This is strange. However, and even though this doesn't pan out in any kind of, this pans out different than what we'll be discussing in a second. Uh, he notices a dog and randomly pets a dog. Yes, there was a dog, and I immediately worried for that dog's life. Did, were you with me on that? I was too caught up on the fact where he's like, well, this is obviously some kind of weird trap. Oh, hey, a dog. Okay. No, I was immediately worrying for that dog's life because this is JoJo. And I don't know what our record is for dogs both seen and survived. I think it's very low. Is this the third dead dog of this season? This season alone, you might be right. I think this is the third dead dog of this season because we we had the 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 dog that gets melted by yellow temperance, and then we have uh, the dog on the spike with uh, judgment. Yeah, or justice, justice. I mean, yeah. God, we're killing a lot of dogs. Well, yeah, as as Matt says. Uh, we hear the baby crying, and then a balloon floats up with a tarot card at the bottom of it. And yet again, even though Catcoin has been like, well, this seems like a weird place, he picks up the card. Look, it floats over. He's like, well, let me see what this tarot card is. Oh, it turns around, good. and it's like you get the menacing effect, and it's death. And oh, crap, a Grim Reaper scythe is stabbed into that dog's head, and I was glad that there was censorship. So I don't want to see that. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it was kind of censored. Yeah, it was we, still brutal enough where I did not feel like it was censored. It goes on for a while. That dog is being stabbed for an extended period of time. Its head is uneven. Yeah. It's gross. It's really gruesome. And then uh, Kekoin wakes up screaming. Um, <laughs> and is wakes up to the worst situation he could be in because um, <laughs> it's Polnareff. Of all people. Who greets him. And it's oh like... Oh my god. And yet again... Uh, we have a great in-character movie reference where Palmer's like, man, you look like you just watched The Exorcist. What are you doing, you stupid head? You having nightmares? It's daytime. <laughs> oh, Palmer off the genius of our group. I'm so <laughs> glad he was... Uh, I, I gotta... For, for at least a little... Probably a minute or two here, I was starting to think that maybe this was gonna be a, an episode that took entirely place in dreams, and this was gonna be like a recurring thing. Mm -hmm. Like I have expected Kat going to say I, I was having a terrible dream. 
And Polnareff to say, you're still in it. Ah! <laughs> like Polnareff turns into the dog. Yeah, or something really dumb like that. <laughs> uh, but my ideas would have been much dumber than what actually happens. I, I went um, in a similar thing because in my notes, it's like uh, Kekjoin admits that he can't remember his dream. He just remembers it was awful. And uh, Polnareff picks up his uh, luggage so it looks like a trash bag. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. His trash luggage. <laughs> His trash luggage. And he's like, hey, the uh, we, we got to get going, man. We're still traveling. And after he walks away, Kekoi notices that where he was cut, because as the as the dog was being murdered, um, the scythe kind of hit him. He kind of got clipped. And he has a cut in the exact spot that happened in. So uh, it looks like we're dealing with a Freddy Krueger stand. And we yeah. jump into the intro. Jump into the intro. So... Just as I was praising them for, I think, I thought they were being paranoid as they should be, paranoid yeah. enough anymore, almost immediately they were dismissing something way too quickly. Yeah. And it, it wasn't until later in this episode that I realized that Kakoin didn't even remember the dream. Yeah. But it's it's crazy, even if he doesn't remember the dream, he's like, I had a nightmare, and look, I'm cut on my arm. Isn't that strange? Pfft, whatever, we're late, let's go. At this point, I don't understand how they're not suspicious of normal things happening to them. Like, if their if their coffee comes lukewarm instead of hot, they're like, "Wait a minute, there's an enemy stand siphoning off the heat of our coffee. <laughs> it's chilling the beverages." Oh my god, it's ice, ice baby. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, son of the bitch, this coffee isn't hot enough. <laughs> oh, I love uh, the way the Jap. I don't because it sounds like the Japanese actor doesn't know how that word. How that phrase even actually sounds when it's pronounced in English. He doesn't know where to put the emphasis. It's <laughs> yeah, so funny. I love hearing it. Because I also think he says, I don't think it's son of a bitch. I think he says of the bitch. Yes, you're right. And he puts like, emphasis on bitch. And I think he puts emphasis on the the. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, son of the bitch. <laughs> like, like mad res mad respect for him. Mad respect for that guy. <laughs> it's so goddamn. Uh, but yeah, we we have a the the Freddy Krueger nature of this I thought was kind of cool that we're dealing with a stand that it could that could attack people in their dreams. Like if this been a like if this was a Rick and Morty episode, that's straight up what they would have called it. The Freddy the Freddy Krueger stand, Morty. <coughs> yeah, he comes to you in your dreams. Freddy Krueger. I, I think. Well, scary Terry. I think yeah. they they couldn't they couldn't say. Oh, yeah, Freddy they, they couldn't. Look, this is a joke. Well, that that they were crapping on Inception. Yeah, that too. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Um, but yeah, so we're we're the intro's over. Um, I kind of got excited and then misunderstood something because uh, Kekoin or uh, Polnareff mentions to Kekoin that the JoJo's are off uh, acquiring the plane. So I remember it's like, oh my god, did we get another Kekoin Polnareff episode? No, I was I there too. Yeah, I thought I, that's what we were getting. I want that so badly again. Um, however, oh no, we see a child who's crying and he's crying because his dog has randomly died in a shadow like half face thing again. Yeah, it's like, uh oh. And then Kekoin is like, boy, I, I feel extra terrible about this dead dog. Man, this is a deal level stand user. Yeah, he's like, oh, geez. Oh, no. Um, my hope of it just being a Kekoin and Polnareff episode was destroyed the second I hear, hey, 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 yeah, that's what he's... <laughs> Joseph <laughs> working his guns pointing things. back and forth. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Reloads. Hey. <laughs> I feel like we skipped what we're talking about. Maybe you should describe what we're what scene we're on. 
So it cuts to it cuts to well the audio kicks in first, so I feel like maybe we're being accurate. Okay. But Joseph says hey like seventeen times to the guy he wants to buy the plane from because the guy won't sell him the plane. Um <laughs> and he explains, well, there's a sick baby in town and there's no doctor, so they have to put the sick baby on the plane. Um, because that's the responsible thing to do. And um it's there's this amazing moment where <laughs> Uh, well, there's a couple of things. First off, Catcoin is immediately like, huh, there's a baby? That's kind of interesting. And then Joseph refers to them like, it's like, this. what are you doing? We have lives on the line. Talking about taking babies into planes? He's like, that's lollygagging. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. And then the baby, which there's this like sick baby, but it like flashes vampire teeth? Not yet. But in a second, I gotta say, before it flashed the vampire teeth, were you as suspicious as shit as I was about that baby? That baby was super. Well, a, a random lady comes up, and goes like, "My baby, this baby, or the the sick baby needs to go," and it's like her face is drawn weird too. That the woman she is... looked like a. So this is gonna sound culturally insensitive, but she yeah. looked like a diglet. Like, like you know, like the Pokemon. Yeah, like she was kind of a diglet who had a uh, a shawl on or something. Like yeah. they gave up. They're like, well, we're not having to draw all of the person. Like they didn't do a good job. It's a no, poorly drawn character. It was like the least detail you could possibly give to recognize that it's still a face. Yeah, and um, yeah, she shows up, and it's just the timing is real weird, and uh, the baby is drawn. Un there's enough detail in the baby we're like oh shit this is going to be a character this episode yeah. this it's baby's hanging out head too. he's got a big a big head huge head huge so, head got a big fucking head yeah and uh vampire teeth which i think only kakoi notices mm -hmm. <laughs> um which you know vampire teeth on a baby would be weird but it's not as weird as this lady being like let's give the baby to these giant men <laughs> well uh, it was the compromise they had because you know they Jojo's like, we got lives on the lines. People are going to die if we don't go. Well, the baby's going to die if I don't take the baby instead. And the compromise, well, why don't, why don't you take the baby with you? That makes sense, right? Well, at that point, I still thought it was the baby's mom. So it's like, is she We're supposed to, to think that. Like, that's clearly what we're supposed to be thinking at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it is crazy. I guess maybe if a parent, if, if there are no medical... You're a parent. I hate to. I hate to. This is the worst uh, point I put you at. How do you empathize with this situation? I would be on the plane with the baby. One of those assholes would be staying behind. Who do you leave behind? Who do you leave behind? But it is clear, uh, fucking uh, the, the, the driver, the driver, Paul Nerath. You leave Paul Nerath behind. Ooh, because Jojo can drive. He just is refusing to for some reason. They're like, hey, you revenged your sister. We don't need you. You're off the team. We're yeah, taking the baby. Your arc is done. We don't need you in the party anymore. <laughs> I got to use someone else who's. I need to get more experience with them to get their arc. That's like the if this. That's like a Chrono Cross character acquisition. Oh boy, yeah. Like you're just getting lady with baby. You're like, oh god, lady with. Well, at least they're a white mage. Got to get all 65 uh, characters, however many were in Chrono Cross. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, the baby flashes his teeth. The only person who sees the weird vampire teeth was Kakyoin. And yeah. Kakyoin's response was, wait, that baby's not even a year old yet and has teeth? Yeah, wait, you're totally right. I missed the, the real maddening thing of this. 
so yeah, Catcoin is like maybe I maybe he's never seen a baby before. He's like, oh, baby teeth are sharp. I didn't know that, huh? He was Guess they come back in uh, flat. Oh no, that was Catcoin's thing. Like he was surprised the baby had teeth. Like he he knew that was odd. Yeah, he just didn't mention it because for some reason, after how many fucking episodes have we watched of this show, they yeah. haven't gotten to the point where they just by habit report anything weird they see to each other. Yeah. Well, we got uh, hold on. We got we got to discuss this next bit because that makes this conversation even weirder hmm. uh first more important thing they decide to take the baby they're in the plane joseph joestar is wearing sunglasses oh my god joseph joestar is wearing awesome sunglasses. he's got aviators on he looks so cool he's got oh my god aviators Joseph joestar he's why oh he should wear those for the rest of the show he's still my favorite character Kakyoin is best boy, but best favorite character is always gonna be Joseph Joestar. Oh, Joseph Joestar should always be wearing those aviators oh my god he looks so good in them yeah, he, he does. looks so cool. He looks amazing. It's so good. Why is that not everyone's favorite picture of him? Pilot Joseph Joestar is so cool. Oh. Well, because next episode we get the, the the color palette that makes another character amazing too. Oh yeah, shoot. Yeah, there's a lot. These yeah. two episodes have got a lot of good style. Um, but yeah, so they're in a plane. Joseph is wearing sunglasses. He's driving or flying. I guess flying is the right thing you say about planes. <laughs> Um, and we have God in the context of the episodes we are about to dive into. We have the insanely frustrating line of Paul Nareff being like, all righty guys, we're super careful. And he smacks the plane and goes like, we even made sure to check that, that this plane wasn't a stand. Yes, exactly. A random baby, a random baby. They're not concerned about, but they'll check and see if the plane is a stand. They even know not to be spoilers but at this point you know spoilers well, they know that yeah. a baby can have a stand because Avdol said he had his stand since birth oh that's a good point yeah they know a baby can have a stand it's super super confusing how um oh god my it just makes my head hurt it just makes my head hurt so much um Jotaro then mentions that he's more worried about Joseph flying than any stand they may encounter. Yeah, that's fair, though. You know, it's, that's, it's that's fair. Three for three so far. I've ever played three. Flown. We'll see if we make it four for four by the end of this one. He's never. Um, like, he's, like, he's like Launchpad at this point. Yeah, he's he's definitely Launchpad McQuack levels. Uh, and then we have the as they fly away, we have the plot twist. The lady is as we kind of said before. Lady's like. Man, I wonder whose baby that was. And everyone's like, that's not your baby? She's like, yeah, I just found it by the well. It looks sick. Yeah. I don't know why, but it made me want to put him on a plane for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's 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 crying made me compelled to take you to the airport. Like, <laughs> you didn't look for that person's parents? What if the person, whatever. And at this point, I wrote in my notes, is this really a baby or a small man? I had that wonder, too. I almost wish it had been a small man. I don't um, know. At the end of this, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, that's kind of fair. I, no, I still because the small man they could have stopped. Like a small man. Yeah. And a lot of the stress of these next two episodes is wondering. Wait, how are they going to do this? Because they're not going to punch a baby. There's no way they're going to punch a baby. No one's going to punch a baby. Uh, I, and I love that we get the line from Polnareff that's almost straight up from Futurama. It's safe for us to drop us our. It's safe for us to drop our guard, even for a minute. <laughs> yeah oh uh, paul Naraf is so silly he's like we're in a plane we're great we're safe 
Um, I love how they immediately rule out that flying stands could possibly exist. Yeah, that is funny. It's like, <laughs> they just met the sun. How how are they ruling that out exactly? Because this these rules aren't really concrete, guys. There could be a flying stand. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the guy's riding on it. Why are you ruling out flying stands? Yeah. Wait, did, wait, did Justice appear as like a giant Death Eater skull in the sky? Like, I don't think the sky is safe. <laughs> You're right. Oh, it's so crazy. The logic vortex we're about to enter is so strange. Um, anyway, uh, both Polnareff and Catcoin just can't wait to fall asleep. <laughs> they rush to it. They speed run falling asleep in this plane. Which I'm jealous of because I'm unable to... I'd be invincible in this episode because I'm incapable of falling asleep on planes. So... Hearing that uh -huh. engine, they got a good, they got a good uh, sound effect going as they're in the back of that plane of what being in the back of one of these small planes would sound like. Yeah. Like that constant wind in the engine roaring next to them. I was like, oh, well, yeah, that seems like a very good place to fall asleep. It's like white noise. Yeah, a very strong one. So they both uh, doze off and we're back in the dreamland. And oh my God, this is the best like recreation of the mirror world conversation we had with the hanged man and emperor. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's so great because like Polnareff's like, like, Oh, Hey, we're in an amusement park and cat coin. Now that he's re-entered the dream is like, Oh no, this is terrible. This is the worst place we could be. And cat coins like, come on. And then Polnareff is like, what are you worried about? It's a dream, man. Look, I've got ice cream and popcorn. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. He randomly has ice cream popcorn, which is amazing because then Catcoin like smacks the popcorn out of his head. And he's like, well, how are we both having the same dream? This is not good. By the way, look at that dead dog. Oh, the whole time Polnareff is still arguing with him. He's like, man, this is just a dream. I don't got to worry about it. Nothing bad's going to happen in a dream. <laughs> that ain't weird that I know that. <laughs> it's so insane. He's like, I can only assume the dreams are safe. <laughs> Come on. And Kakyoin is saying like every single logical thing you can think of. And it doesn't matter to Polnareff. None of it's I getting just, through. It's so great because where it's like that whole thing is like it, yet again, it just reminds me of like there's not a mirror world. It's not a mirror world. He is traveling. <laughs> Stop saying mirror world, they're mirrors. <laughs> it's so great. It makes sense. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, uh and um I guess because he saw the card, he calls it Death 13. Yeah. We get the name. I think that's a cool name. I like the name Death 13. I, I mean, it's like heavy on the nose. Mm -hmm. um, but I like it. I think it's cool. It's another pretty straightforward stand, though, right? It's Death, so it's just a stand that has a big, like, Grim Reaper scythe, basically. It's got a clown face, though. Yeah, which is weird, because all the other uh, times we see what the deck of this tarot looks like, they're ugly as F. Right? Like, yeah. all the other ones are weirdly ugly. And this one is, almost isn't ugly anymore. Yeah, well, it's got, like, a, a Harlequin or a Mannequin mask. That, yeah. Maybe it's ugly underneath of it? Maybe it would have been. But the it's art an interesting style is design. Like, the lines are cleaner than they were. Yeah. It, it's it's very neat looking. It's I like the look of Death 13 quite a bit. I think yeah. it's a really cool, menacing Lally -ho! look. Lally ho <laughs> Um... <laughs> Yeah, get used so to hearing that. that. Yeah, get used to hearing that heavily. Um, but yeah, we we the the dream debate reaches ahead, 
in a great moment where Kakua gets so angry about how stupid Polnareff is, he has to punch <laughs> like the wall of the Ferris wheel that they're in. Um, and then we hear the yeah the the thing that you have said, Lali Ho. We hear the first Lali Ho, um, which then has the terrifying thing of uh, a megaphone that erupts out of the dead dog's head. Oh yeah, there's a dead is... dog with him. Did we say that? Yeah, I think I well, I think I, okay. I kind of like stop eating the ice cream. Look at that dead dog. Maybe yeah. I understood that the the dead dog is still there. It is the same Ferris wheel booth they were in before, and the dead dog is still there. So a megaphone pops out of the dead dog's body to call Polnareff an idiot, which hurtful, hurtful. No, but you know, right? Yeah, correct. So, and like, then like, uh, even the stand got upset with how long it was taking Polnareff to accept what was happening. He's like, it's just a dream, man. Let's just hang out. And he's like, no, we are in super danger. And yeah, I, I think I agree with you. It's like Death 13 was just sitting there like, oh my God, he doesn't get it. Hold up. <laughs> like he's really that slow. <laughs> and then after he does the megaphone, he then goes like back to his bit where like the megaphone pops out and then like a giant human eye um, comes out of the dog and then Polnareff's ice cream turns into worms. And uh, we quickly realize that our heroes are incapable of summoning their stands while they're in the dream world. Um, which is actually a, a terrifying advantage for Death 13 to have. Yeah, because um, somehow the rule still applies that they can fight it, even though it's a dream world. Yeah, so technically that's not them. Like, that's their own spirit. If stands are spirit energy, and if you're sleeping, that's the spirit world, wouldn't they be their own? Uh... I mean, if, I think if either of us were writing it, that would be the case, but Araki's writing this, so yeah. no, has to be no. a stand. It has to be a stand, but don't worry, he'll pay that off in a way that I forgive everything. Yeah, fair. Yeah. You know what? Let me just say this. There's a there's a moment, an image in the next episode that made me just write in my notes, remember to forgive all of this. <laughs> I think you know the exact image I'm talking I about. I think I know. We're, let's get there. Let's get there. We'll get there. We'll, let's get there. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's speed this up a bit. Um, he has grabbed, uh, Death 13 has grabbed Polnareff by the neck, and it's like, you know, he, he's got to do something. We cut back to the JoJo's, who at first I thought they could sense something. And it turns out that um, the baby, they believe has peed its diaper. So they throw, like, balled-up paper at Polnareff's face to make him wake up. <laughs> yeah, we had a moment where it was like, wait a minute, JoJo, do you sense that? Yeah. Like, there's a great moment, too, because it's where those opaque aviators he wears are suddenly transparent, and we see his eyes. Yeah. Beautiful dramatic scene. Another great like close-up of joseph's face that i love and instead it's just like get up and change the baby <laughs> four men um, and a, four men and a baby for the next two episodes it's four men and a baby four men and, i love the fact that i guess jotaro did it it seems more like a joseph move but what are the balled up paper and it just there's a ball up piece of paper that hits polnareff <laughs> in the head and it's such a great little itty bitty thing. Oh. Um, and then I wrote in my notes again. It's like, hold up, is this a baby or a small man? <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like at this point, I questioned whether any of them actually cared for the well being of that baby. If they trusted Polnareff to be the one to change the diaper, yeah, I guess so. And I'm justified like, yeah. in that. I'm justified <laughs> in the next few moments. Exactly. Um, we get a great moment where it cuts back to the dream world real quick where Kakyoin has been abandoned and he looks totally screwed. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> His Polnareff is the only one who woke up. 
So Polnareff's out of the nightmare. Kekoid has been left alone. Um, and Polnareff does the same thing to Kekoid. He's like, man, I feel terrible. Like, I was having a nightmare, but I don't remember what it is. And then we have a terrible moment where it's revealed that the baby, uh, even though they thought it peed itself, it had took it a dump, and we get to see that dump. They they drew the dump. Yeah, they drew the whole diaper change. I don't know why. It, it was I don't know weird. why. I they don't, didn't need I, to. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to do that. Um, and then, funny enough, it takes both Polnareff and Jotaro to working together to tie the diaper. Yeah, because he's like holding the baby upside down, and the diaper is like halfway across half the baby. Like so poorly, yeah. And it's it's funny because at first I thought like, oh, maybe uh, they'll wake up the baby, and that's what saves Gekoin. But mm-hmm. apparently, this baby has no rules. Is I can't tell if the baby needs to be awake or sleep or not. He does or this not or need to be asleep. He clearly his stand can go into dreams. Oh, you're him. totally right. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's so weird. I hate it. Lolly ho! Lolly ho! Every time I start overthinking it, we'll just say lolly ho. Lolly ho! Lolly ho! It's the baby. Uh, Death says that a lot at this point. It's like his catchphrase. We cut back to the dream. Uh, Kekoin is totally screwed. And uh, fortunately, he starts having a night terror. Like, ah! Ah! Cobra's like he's thrashing. Someone and he kicks- say fortunately. Well, it's fortunate and unfortunately. Uh, because he then kicks Joseph and it causes the plane to barrel down, uh, making it look like they are going to hit four for four. Um, we then have like some weird pronouning and phrasing where the stand refers to his user as a separate entity and then says like, aha, it's a baby of 11 months old. So, okay. Yeah, it, was, it was upset because uh, Kakyoin was like, wait, that baby's only six months old. And uh, the stand felt like it had to correct him on that matter. Like, no, uh, he's 11. He's 11. And he's a so genius. Get it. He's geniusly evil. Ba- so I'm 11 and a half. I started to think like, well, maybe because we have, we've seen the baby have like evil teeth. I'm like, oh, is it a possession? Is the stand a possession thing? It's like, no, this baby just seems like an asshole. Yeah, the baby's dick. And somehow like a genius and a very weird way of applying that word. Yeah. It's smarter than it needs to be. Um, but whatever, we get this uh, incredible moment where it's like tied uh, Kekoin against like the the wall or the the beam of the Ferris wheel, and it starts like crying eyeballs into Kekoin's open screaming mouth. And holy shit, that's amazing! That is good nightmare fuel. Yeah, um, it's like, great. This will shut you up as eyeballs go into like it holds his mouth open yeah. to make sure they get in there. Lalejo! And it's not one eye, like he grows more eyeballs, like multiple eyeballs. eyeballs are dripping down. And Kekoin, realizing that he can't, he can't actually physically hit back, takes out a knife and stabs himself in the arm, I guess in hopes of waking himself up. And the Death Throne Dean does like a, well, it is a dream and I could cause you to feel the pain of your thing, but you can't wake yourself up and blah, 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 blah. Rules, rules, rules. And, um... The eyeballs then grow legs and then try to f- more eyeballs. The eyeballs that missed his mouth grow legs to crawl up into his mouth. <laughs> oh, just to make that even a worse moment. Did you? All right. Maybe this yeah. was me, but I immediately thought that he was doing what it was revealed that he was trying to do here. What do you, what do you think? Oh, like he was uh, trying to. What he was like, doing to his arm. Like I thought that's oh, what he was, like, I didn't think like, that at all yet get-go i thought that's what he was doing i didn't realize it was something he didn't do until a couple minutes later no i, I honestly thought i was with death 13 like oh he's trying to wake okay. himself up later i've realized like when they when they go like oh wow he's still getting in there <laughs> like the fact that he doesn't stop i thought um 
I will admit I was stupid. I didn't know what he was doing. I thought he was trying to get people's attention by bleeding all over the plane. Well, it seems to be what you're supposed to be thinking at this point, right? So yeah. Death 13 is like, you can't wake yourself up that way. But I just, I don't know. I thought that Kakyoin was smart enough that he was trying to figure out some way to get, to communicate between being yeah. awake and asleep at the moment. Like that, I thought that's where he went immediately. Yeah. Which he is I, best boy. He's best boy. He is best boy. Uh, meanwhile, in the land of the waking, um, even though I, no one, there are so many stand users on that plane that could hold Kakyoin down, but they're still letting him kick Joseph. So the plane <laughs> is still crashing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the last second, he uses purple hermit, and for some reason, that allows him to fly the plane better, and they don't crash. Did you think that was about to blow up the plane too? Because every time he uses purple hermit on me anything mechanical, it seems to always break it, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, <laughs> could have because like I'm gonna do a controlled explosion. We'll all land great. Um, we get that they do not crash. It cuts back into the land of the dreams and and uh, Catcoin is still cutting his arm. So that's where I started to think like, oh, he's trying to get their attention. Like if he's if he's bleeding all over the plane, they have to notice and death is continually taunting him. Uh, we have a great moment where it cuts back to the land of the living or the land of the waking. And Joseph is like, ah, ha, ha, I saved the day. And then immediately crashes into a tree, George of the Jungle style. And he's like, where are there trees in the desert? Yeah, where did that palm tree come from? <laughs> and, it, and it and it rubs it in as a show. It, like it zooms out and marks on the map where the plane crash happened. Crash site here, Jojo. All this <laughs> fall. Um, and fortunately, the crash has enough force to force Kekyoin awake. He is safe, and now the uh, the team is making camp because it is nightfall. Um, we got a couple of things here and there. Uh, it is it, They recapsulate that it has been a month, and I have to admit, I don't remember how much time they have to save Holly. Uh, is it 52 days, I think? I thought it was like a month. So, so yeah, she Obviously dead. longer than that. Obviously yeah. longer than that. Just, I don't remember. I don't remember. I was hoping you would remember. I and I didn't look it up. <laughs> to be completely honest, I didn't think to look it up. I could have looked it up, but I didn't look it up. But yeah, one month. So I think that means they they have maybe like half. This feels like a um like oh no, we have half the time left. I think could be the way to look at that. At least that's how I I, I view it. That they okay. have to save Holly. Five minutes yeah five whole minutes um it's kind of funny because they're they're having kind of like the uh, polnareff is like kind of blaming about cat coin having night terrors and crashing the plane but just like ah whatever man live and let live <laughs> um and joseph is way into the baby i think he's just he just he wants to be a grandfather wait he's already a grandfather crap he wishes to be a grandfather with a baby in his life and not jotaro i can't skip out on this one it's not japanese yeah, he's like, oh, look at this little baby. Look at this little baby. I don't hate half of your blood. <laughs> um, And uh, we have this... We just keep continually have stuff where it's like, the baby's just evil. The baby's just straight up evil. It has It's like monologuing and having evil thoughts, and it's just super duper evil. Um, Jotaro starts seeing if they could work the radio, and at that moment, we have an amazing reveal where Kekoi notices that his arm is bleeding and he rolls up his sleeve <laughs> and he wrote baby stand on his arm. Very concise. Also, and I lost my brain about this. He's like, it's in my own handwriting. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
That yeah, I had that exact same thought too. I was like, what would your own handwriting mean? Like, how would you recognize that when being carved into your skin? That's that's how how much how... Time this shit transfers over. He wasn't able to look. He was be dude was swallowing nightmare a- eyeballs and still able to at a bad angle write in his own handwriting. <laughs> Best boy cat coin. Okay, I just looked it up. It's fifty days. They had fifty days. So they have twenty. They have less than half the time remaining to save. Yeah, that's pretty tense. Man, it's getting this whole episode is about tenseness. Because at this moment, at the end of this episode, I have no idea how we're gonna. Yeah, where are we going into the next episode? Because at this point, Catcoin should look at that, and everyone should immediately realize. That the baby is a stand user. I have no yeah. idea. And how are they going to deal with that baby? Because the baby is a baby. It's and a ag- baby. And again, there's no way they're going to physically hurt that baby, right? Yeah, they didn't kill the old lady. They're not killing a baby. They're like, not hurting I, a baby. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it. So how are they going to contain the situation? There's a lot of tensity. tensity. So did you think the next episode was about them trying to not fall asleep? Yes. <laughs> That's right. It had to be, right? Like, what else could it be? We have to take this baby to the nearest city Without and abandon it there and not fall asleep. <laughs> you know, and inflict it on someone else. Yeah, we have to make this someone else's problem. Or we'll call, like, the Speedwagon Foundation and they'll, like, put it in, like, a Santana hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, 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 the Justice League where they fought, like, Dr. Dream and, like, they all had to stay awake. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of a premise. That is not what happens before people. If, if people did not watch this, that is not what happens. Homer just starts having to sing Frere Jacques to everyone. Oh my God. That would, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Damn it. I wish that was the episode we were getting. Almost. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Because we get it, that one moment. We get that well, moment. The tenseness increases in the next episode more than I could have imagined. Iraq yeah. seems to be great at this, of producing these scenarios where. I can't imagine how they're going to get out of it. Yeah. Like, repeatedly. Like, th- I guess that's why the season got good from where it was bad, because in the beginning, we didn't really have that. Yeah, that's a good point. It was a concept, well, JoJo's going to uh, Starfinger his way out of this one. <laughs> I'm so glad we haven't seen Starfinger in a while. <laughs> oh. Also, I want to, before we get into this episode too far, I want to remind, there yeah. was an orangutan who was a stand user. They all remember that. Yeah. It was in their lives. Polnareff smacked the plane and went, we made sure this wasn't a stand. Why and... won't they believe Kekyoin? <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway, um, Kekyoin sees a baby stand. Yeah, it's baby stand. It's not stand baby. It's baby oh, man, stand. We're still in the first part. We haven't even got to the second. I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's wrap up this episode because, okay. oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. We get a great moment where he's reading it and the baby realizes this is happening. He goes, I heard these guys were clever, which I think was just set up to make uh, this all a joke. Was the baby be like, I heard these people were clever. Oh, no. Um, so Kekoid's answer is to immediately run over and grab the baby. <laughs> and then Joseph's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Get off that baby. And Kekoid is like, God, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And I don't know what to tell everybody. And I guess I'll just... He rolls his sleeve over baby stand and then sits back down and then that's the cliffhanger. He doesn't want to show it to anyone. And it's like, at this point in their journeys, just show it to them and everyone should believe you immediately. Yeah. But he was right to hesitate because, as we'll learn, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's I uh, just it's the craziest. I was so angry. I actually took a break um, in between these two episodes because that ending had me so angry. Is that why you took so long between part two and three or part? Uh, yeah, I took a break because I'm like, oh, my God, he just should. He, he rolled when he rolled that sleeve up. I um, flipped <laughs> at this point. They've done this so many times. There yeah. shouldn't be any doubt between them. Yeah. Everything is important and should be shared. I don't understand. Like they should have learned this by now. Um. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into part two. Demon um, baby to be continued. Yeah, part two. Uh, it starts with the intro, right into the intro. So you know it's gonna be a banger. Do you think it doesn't actually have vampire teeth? That just that's just like an embellishment. Like when anime characters grow like the cat grin on them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they were sharpened or something. He's all, he's not even alive for a full year. I do not think this one, like maybe there's like, maybe I'll read the the wiki about him and see if there's like more information about how he became this way. Or maybe I don't want to know how he thinks he became this way. Is he no one sees the vampire teeth. And it's, it's weird because stands don't seem to change the body of the users. No. Much. I have no idea. It's. Other unless, than, you're, guess, unless you're yellow temperance and give him a fake cat going. Yeah, and then, like I said, Yaba broke out in holes for no reason whatsoever when her son died. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's weird. It wasn't even stand related. Why did she break out? Out in holes when her son. Justice. Well, no, cat coin was stabbing. I mean, uh, Polnareff was stabbing him, so the stab wounds were showing up. How on so close to Bob <laughs> It's like if you were closer to your f- children, you'd know. Yeah, I mean, don't you, every time your daughter is hurt, don't you immediately have the exact same wound? Don't you, Emperor New Clothes, me on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah. Are you, are you ready to jump into this nightmare? We gotta have to, because Stardust is the first memos of our episode. Yeah. Uh, so episode 20, Death 13, part two. Um, everyone's eating soup. Um, Kakoin is, I don't know, completely mentally broken. And Jotaro is off to the side drinking coffee and kind of thinking about things. Thinking about his mom, thinking about the time. It's it's a moment of self-reflection. Good good for him. Um, Polnareff, however, and Jotaro do not pick up on what's going on with Kakoin. They have like a debate about how they like... Paul Ruff is oddly like pro kicking Kekoin out of the group. Yeah, I'm really disappointed because in uh, and specifically in Jedra at this point, because I really thought Jedra was finally being built up to be this. I'm gonna pick up on all the small things from now on. Character, you're right. He does not like, Columbo this at all. Like since Justice One, where he's finally started to seem to be doing that kind of thing, when he was laughing out loud out at, uh, at Sun, because he, you know he deduced that dumb thing. Yeah, it's but not here. This whole episode here. never picked up on any of this. He's not the guy who breaks through. And the fact that they don't trust Catcoin is is just maddening. Uh, we have an extended joke bit where Joseph has made uh, homemade baby food by mashing up a bunch of stuff. And of course, the Polnareff loves it. He tries it, eats it, and eats so much of it that it pisses off the baby. Yeah, it's like, don't eat my food! The baby uh, always has a size to himself when he's watching... These four grown men act like idiots. He is monologuing constantly. Um, 
Yeah, there's just so much evil baby in this. Um, also, no, that food is not good. It's just it's like much bananas and other kind of stuff. And... It's like bread, bananas, and milk uh, made into like a stew. And I'm going to tell you that stuff is terrible. No. Yeah, no. So, but Polnareff, I mean, Polnareff, Polnareff liking it, I think is kind of funny. Yeah, it's great. The fact that he eats. Also, number one, he not only likes it, but he eats so much of it that it's like, is he leaving any for the, like, if he weren't stopped, he would have ate all that baby's food. He was told it was the baby's food, too, so... Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, that made me kind of think for half... Like, does Polnareff know? Of course he doesn't. Never mind, he's just eating baby food. Of course he food. fucking doesn't, yeah. Um, you keep waiting for... You keep waiting for them to surprise you. Um, we then have a great little bit where, like, uh, the baby notices that there's a scorpion, and he stabs the scorpion to death with a baby pin. And, of course, just to keep the joke rolling, Kikoin totally watches this baby murder a scorpion with a baby pin. Um, he unfortunately makes the mistake of like trying to call everyone's attention to it and takes his eye off the baby and then can't find the dead scorpion. And they all turn on him even harder. Also, good job, four men and a baby. Every single one of them let that baby be attacked by a scorpion. Oh, that's a great point. That <laughs> I didn't get a to... real baby. It'd be dead. That is hilarious. Yeah, they totally. It is a real baby, but a normal baby, I guess. But yeah, it's just the idea that they were completely oblivious to that. Well, it's like remember how like in the previous, previous in the Steely Dan episodes, like they let the old lady wake up, sit up, and like stare <laughs> without noting. Like they're very bad at watching. Yeah, they are. I mean, I feel like they could have ignored that baby to death if things had continued. Um. But yeah, they... was, yeah, I think even the baby was upset about it. He's like, how did the scorpion get in here? He was waiting for one of them to get the scorpion and save it before it had to act. Yeah. It's like, certainly one of them will... Oh, they're not noticing. It, it's it's bananas, and it only just goes... Um, <laughs> it only goes worse because he can't find... He can't find the proof. He doesn't find the scorpion. He doesn't see the safety pin. And his that's the moment he chooses as they've started to truly doubt him. He's like, but what about this? Look at my arm where I've written baby stand on it. And they're all like, oh, man, he's gone completely bananas. That's terrible. <laughs> they were. I really feel like they've all been waiting to turn on Kakyoin on a hat. You know, it's really. Yeah, they, it's <laughs> disappointing. They fall into it so fast. Um, And then Kakyoin. Fortunately, takes matters into his. Fortunately, unfortunately, takes matters into his. He summons Greed Herofan. He's like, "Well, I have to kill this baby now because no one else will help me." And uh, Polnareff, moving really quick, is I guess that is his deal, unless it's Jotaro's deal. Yeah. Um, knocks out um, Catcoin, who like slow motion falls for like what feels like forty five minutes, and like has individual internal monologues about each of the characters and the danger they're in before falling on the ground. Yeah, I thought that was a smart move on his point, though, because he could prove that the baby was a stand user by bringing out his stand. He was going to, he was attacking the baby, I think. Yeah, he was. What I what I thought he was doing was going to scare the baby with his stand, and then everyone be able to see, well, wait, that baby can see the stand? And they'd immediately oh. know that it was a stand user because it reacted to the stand, right? That's That's, a, that's such a good... Oh man, that's some good writing right there. That's some good writing right there. Yeah, because if he um if that's what yeah, darn it. Only stand users can see st dang it, that's a that's a really good point. 
Best boy Kekoin. That has to be canon. Um, I don't think it is, but now it is. Now it is. Now it is. I'm pretty sure he was legitimately trying to attack the baby. I think he was just trying to murder the baby. Um, (laughs) They knock him out. They put the baby down. They all decide that they're going to go to sleep. Um, The baby finally spits out the dead scorpion. And of course, because Kakyoin's blacked out, no one was able to, like, a tree falls in the forest. Wait, you skipped the whole scene, though, because uh, Joseph was trying to feed the baby the food at the time, and the baby was refusing to eat. He's like, no! Oh, you're right. There's a reason I can't eat right now! Oh, yeah, that's right. Kakyoin's timing is terrible, because he's got the dead scorpion in his mouth, so if they do force open his mouth, they'd see the bug. Right. But Kakyoin, like, attacks at the exact moment, and and kind of saves... It allows the baby to be smug. allows the baby to be smug. Very smug baby. I do like that they all note that even though they're all giant muscly men, they do say the cat coin is surprisingly heavy when they try to move him. No, that's fair. We never really see them get to use their strength. I don't know how much it interprets into real world from how they look. Yeah, where it's like, oh, is this just stylistically? Because as a Rocky's style has changed, he has moved so much away from muscles. Mm-hmm. And as he's redrawn characters... I think only Joseph or only Jonathan is really still drawn as like a, a character who's super cut. It made sense for Jonathan because Jonathan actually fought with his own fists, and he was phys- he was he was described as um, like legs like tree trunks. He took a yeah. saw blade hat to the arm and went ha ha. <laughs> he did to the bone even. It went through a lot of meat. I did go through some meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and even Joseph at least still kind of physically fought in his day. You know. Well, he had to climb that pillar, so he was doing Hamon stuff. Yeah, he was. He had a lot of upper body strength. He was good. We have not seen any kind of demonstrations yet. I feel like we've had this conversation before, though. Yeah, I think this is something we think a lot about. Where it's like, do they just look strong, or are they actually strong? Like, is like Jotaro. Like, we don't, we can't tell if Jotaro is actually in shape. Right. Is he just big boned? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it's deep, deep thoughts about how heavy and strong these guys actually are. Um, I was super, and I'm looking at my notes, and I'm not reading everything I wrote, but I was livid at this whole exchange about how stupid they were and how they got to this point. But all three of them went to sleep and woke up at the amusement park? Yeah, like, let's all go to bed at the same time. And it's like, um, they all lay down, and then Jotaro wakes up in dreamland, and they're all in dreamland. My notes literally say, they're all going to sleep. This is stupid. Hey, look, Jotaro's a dreamland. They all are. They're all dumb. This is stupid. This might be like just something from watching a lot of RPG-like things in my time. But I feel like at least by now, shouldn't they have some persons keeping watch through the night? Should they have rotations like that? Yeah, like how they're always being followed. They are constantly attacked. I feel like they should almost never all be asleep at the same time. Like, not even out of fear of the dream world, just out of fear of none of them should be unconscious at the same time. Like, how do they know the moon's not a stand tonight? God, why isn't it? Yeah. It'll swing down out of the sky like a Mario villain. (laughs) Oh, God. But yeah, it does seem crazy they all just sleep. They're all, they all just seem super duper uncareful, and it's, it's bananas. Uh, we do have some comeuppance, though, because they're back in the dream. Polnareff remembers everything. It is immediately super Paul, Paul, like, oh, my God, we got to find Kekoin and apologize. And, oh, my God, we are all super duper screwed. And then Joseph is like, what are you talking about, buddy? This is a dream. Just relax. And he's like, don't have my reaction. <laughs> he's like, we've been over this ground. Not again. No. 
it is a good little i love his his thought of like you can't no 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 that's how i thought you're not allowed to think wrong like i am <laughs> that is my original idea <laughs> kakyoin is the only one we don't see right now it's just the three of them he's already yeah. fucked they don't yeah is is he dead we don't know he could be anywhere um so yeah we get we get stuff where it's like I think back in the waking world, the baby's finally eating the baby food, and it's like, ha I'm so evil. Uh, Death 13 can kill them while I eat all this baby food. Those idiots. Ha, 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 ha. I'm so evil. Um, we get some Freddy Krueger garbage, so to speak. Uh, Paul Narav's hair starts growing super tall, which is kind of funny uh, at first, and then it turned, it goes super long and like drags him over and like wraps itself around poles and stuff like that. It's like whatever their weird extremity was. Like it's Polnareff's hair, and then JoJo's really stupid big chain. I know the chain attacking him. I thought was really <laughs> funny. Like whatever was most cartoonish about them is what's freaking out right now. Yeah, it's like ah, uh, but he regrets having that chain remade for him in India. Yeah, and uh, Joseph's fake hand grows like extra super large. And we get another great holy shit. <laughs> uh, and then Death Thirteen shows up. Um, Jotaro seeing Death 13 is like, ah, and he summons Star Platinum. And before Polnareff could be like, no, stands don't work, Star Platinum does show up. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's Star Platinum. Jotaro's the coolest, except, uh, it does look silly when it shows up, though. It looks a little bit off. It looks a little off, yeah. But it, it goes quick enough where you don't really have enough time to think too much about that because it immediately turns around and starts punching Jotaro. <laughs> and then it pulls out a frying pan and smashes itself in the face. For like five minutes, I feel like. It's a lot of face mat, and it gets like a, a, a circular cartoon yeah. head. It's 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 silly. <laughs> it's silly. <laughs> uh then he uh removes his face and it's oh it's death thirteen. It was death thirteen all along. Which I guess like this is two villains in a row that did a fake out because we had uh Death Thirteen pretend to be Hereford Green last week, and now we have a uh, fake star platinum. Um not death thirteen uh, um, lovers, yeah, lovers did. L lovers, week. sorry, right. lovers did a fake Arafat. Now we have a Star Platinum with Death Thirteen. Yes, you're right. Back to back fake outs, man. They should. You almost. You wish they would learn. You wish they would learn. And then he goes to the the weird thought logic, um, where he's like, uh, "You only come into the dream with what you have, and only stands can hurt that." Blah 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 blah. You guys would have had to have summoned your stand before falling asleep to beat me. I love that moment where he says, only one thing could have possibly beaten me that you just observed five minutes ago. It is really funny that they did I have that. one weakness. And I... It was something that I didn't see happen. <laughs> it is It is really, really funny. Uh, because he's threatening them, and all of a sudden, and this saves this episode. Yes, this is the best moment, I think, Holy of these shit. episodes. This is the best moment. It's It's almost impossible to do justice to. But, like, Death 13 is there, and all of a sudden, Herophant Green peeks out from behind his shoulder and goes, Lally ho. Yeah. <laughs> Lally ho. Lally ho. Uh, and Death 13 like, turns and goes, Like, big dick energy. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> Pendulous balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Like, Herophant Green gets the best moment it'll probably <laughs> ever have in that moment. It's oh, so I love funny. this episode for everything it gets to do with Harifan Green. It's it's incredible. But yeah, it peeking from behind Death 13 and just being like the lolly ho. And <laughs> oh god, it's 
it looks hilarious and like death 13 takes a looney tunes amount of time to really acknowledge him and then goes like oh you just be must be one of my clones and in response to that green Harifet just starts choking death 13 <laughs> um and he's like oh uh, god you're choking me and then it pans over and i hadn't realized this but a color shift happens because yes now has white hair he looks awesome like white hair in a black suit he should dye his hair he looks, he looks so amazing cool. he looks so cool he looks so senselessly awesome he is the coolest he will ever look in his life i put a picture of him in the chat okay i was wondering what that beep was like we don't have anyone joining us no nope, that was me sending you a picture of white-haired cacoin being like that guy looks so cool oh uh, he looks great he'll be i i hope that he ages that way like his face doesn't age at all yeah. it's just his hair he's like that's how he looks at 98 um <laughs> It's awesome. It's super cool. It's really great. Um, he looks awesome, and everyone's like, oh, Kakoid, you're the best. We love you. And then um, Paul Naraf is like, man, sorry, man. Sorry for being such a jerk. And he's like, hey, you know, if you hadn't thought to knock me out, I wouldn't have figured this thing out. So, you know, thanks to you, buddy. And Paul Naraf's like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, complete bullshit uh, where Kakoid starts to take credit for this. Yeah. It was like, look, only as you knocked me out did I figure that I could take my stand with me into the dream world. Bullshit. Yeah. You <laughs> that was out. that was pure accident that he got hit during that attack. There's no way that was intentional. <laughs> I mean, that's why I think he's trying to give credit to Paul Naraf because he doesn't honestly feel like he can take credit. Yeah, it has to be. He's just like, uh, I actually don't want this credit because this is all an accident. Um, and all of this polite, humble bragging, uh, keep in mind that a baby is being choked behind them this entire time. That is the backdrop we have. And I am still having that, like, stress, that, yeah. that, that, that moment of, like, they're not going to hurt a baby. There's no way that JoJo is going to hurt a baby. Even yeah. a, a weirdly self-aware um, evil baby. There's just no way, right? Yeah, you can't do that. And it cuts back to the waking world, and the baby's choking, but he's like, I'm choking, but I'm not choking that bad. Your kindness will be the death of you, Kekyoin. Ha ha ha. Um, and we are reminded that this is the dream realm. So I guess maybe points to Polnareff, like, is this like the mirror world he always dreamed of? <laughs> and uh, he's able to turn the clouds into a hand, and uh, he reaches, and the cloud hand takes the scythe from Death 13, who could never reach green Herophant, and then slices and cuts death 13 and Herophant green in half um we see paul Naraf fall to the ground and it is revealed that death 13 it's literally just a pair of arms and a head underneath the cloak and the new idiots realize i was hollow hollow all along ha 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 um but you know what i'm not i don't even want to dwell on this because i wrote in my notes uh, jokes on him. Herofrat Green out nightmares anything he's done in these two episodes. <laughs> oh, Kakyoin is just he's too creepy, man. Yeah. It's oh, like that. It's so creepy. He finally worms his way inside of um Death 13, and like he tentacles his way into both of Death 13's ears. And it looks super gross and super creepy. And we have this incredible image. Um, I just love this image to death where, like, 
Hairfet Green is poking out of the mouth of Death Thirteen's mask. It took his tongue. Yeah. Got your tongue. And he's peeking out, but his like little hands, his little tiny Hairfet Green hands are like like curling out from outside of the mouth. And it's so great. Um and then I don't know, we make some bullshit logic leaves where he's like, Well, I have control of you now, so uh if if everything's possible in the dream world, can you heal my cuts? was more prescient than it should have been too yeah it is definitely where he's like well if, if you can hurt me outside of the dream you could probably heal me and uh we get a scene transition it's the next morning um and cacoin woke up before everybody else and has made like an american looking breakfast is the and, only way i could describe it sausage she looks great i want yeah some. sausage and eggs is i was hungry looking at it. i want sausage and eggs right I, I need best boy to make me a breakfast um and uh everyone starts waking up and we quickly realize that like the team doesn't remember anything um but like we have a thing where uh, Paul Naraf is like, "Hey, Catcoin, are you still bananas? You seem to be not so bananas. You know how you were cutting yourself and writing baby on your arm, and then he realized the cut's gone, and like I didn't. Everyone do just that. kind of feels like, hey, hey, what are you doesn't say that on my arm? Oh, you must have been having a weird dream, Paul Naraf. Anyway, I'm gonna go change the baby's diaper. Uh, we get another shot of the naked baby and the poop, but this." This basically takes the angle of of Kekoin being like, listen here, baby, because my stand was in your dream, I do remember everything. Oh. And um, I'm just, he just feeds him his own crap, basically. And that's what I don't, oh my god. I, I loved these past three episodes. But this last ten seconds just grossed me out. It was terrible. Like, he, he, he put Way some too much in the soup, but he doesn't feed it to the baby. He tricks Joseph well-meaning grandpa joseph into uh feeding the baby that and there's like an extended sequence where he doesn't want to eat so uh, so paul naraf comes over and baby whispers aka giggle like tickles him until he does eat and it's gross and it's terrible oh my god it's like this was his threat this was like all right well you better not try and fucking because you tried to kill us i'm gonna make you eat poop so don't try to kill skin or i guess i can do that again yeah, I don't know why it's this is another one where it's like put that baby in a cannon and shoot it off into the distance. This doesn't actually solve the issues at all in this episode. Like there's nothing that would stops that baby from hurting other people or coming back to try and hurt them just because of this absolutely disgusting ending. Oh my god. And did you yeah. did you think like I did for half a second that Paul Naraf was going to eat it? Oh god, yeah, a thousand percent. Hey. <laughs> So we all had that thought. I was like, like, oh, oh my God. comes over. I was like, wait, you can't force feed him. Look, eat it for him and show him how delicious it is. I, I thought that's where they were going. And when so, that didn't happen, I was shocked. Mr. Licks Toilets Polnareff, I thought, was going to be going yeah. back into the scatter gutter. Welcome back to the toilet zone with Jean-Paul Polnareff. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, so Jean-Paul did not have that happen to him. And, uh, I don't know. It pans back to Catcoin, who's like super happy, and he's like, ba 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 da ba. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, he does a drum sound. He does literally like a Japanese version of a ba tish. It's great. Um, and I, we did that. I swear we did that either last episode or two episodes ago. We ended on a ba tish. Yeah, I, but so another character I think got to give it. Yeah. Um, 
God, that was that was funny. But surprise, surprise, I guess because they kind of felt it was weird that this was a two-parter. They leave us with a teaser. Um, oh man, did they? It felt like it was. It felt like we couldn't have stopped here, right? It felt like we needed to keep going. Yeah, it was strange. So uh, they've ditched the baby at some place. They're on a boat, and we have this moment where Jotaro is like, "Old man, we're not heading to Egypt." And Joseph's like, "Yeah, we're going to that island over there. We got to meet an important man before we go to Egypt." I thought they were going to see uh, Lisa Lisa for a second. I thought they Ooh, were... that would have been so cool. Like, I forgot my geography for just like half a second. I was like, wait, are they close to Greece? Yeah, that would be so gosh darn cool. I wish. Oh, man, that would have been so neat. Well, actually, you know what? It could be. Who knows? Because I don't know who's on that island. It's... There's no way it's Lisa Lisa. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that they would have a... She would have like one white stripe in her hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's like, all right, y'all are going to take some fun time in the pillar room <laughs> until you yeah. learn how to be real fighters. Yeah, pillar time. But yeah, so we have uh, maybe a special uh, training episode or something before uh, we we face Dio. I mean, there's only four episodes left, I believe, of the first half of the season. Both are two-parters. So here's the crazy thing I started to think about. When we wrap up, the next two episodes of this podcast, we will, I think, have spent as much time in season three as we did in season two. Wow. That's something to think about. Or maybe, no, wait, because that was, because, uh, oh, wait, wait, no, the first two JoJo's share a season. You're right. So we've already passed that point. All right, so we would have watched, hold on, I'm pulling it up, 24 episodes in this half of the season. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure... 26 episodes between the two of them between, between the, two. the two of them yeah oh my so god it was that short so yeah isn't that crazy to think that we are rapidly approaching and yet still so fondly miss jonathan and sapelli yeah i know those those big idiots in their in their giant leaves lift your knees lift your knees and poco uh, and doobie yeah poco's sister no one misses Doobie, but okay, go on. <laughs> he was so stupid. He had snakes for faces. He did. And and, and it's it, one of his own face snakes killed him. Was he the inspiration for Faustus from Maybe. Uh, Guilty Gear? I think it Maybe. was. Oh, Dr. Faust? Yeah. Dr. Baldhead? Uh, was he bald? I never saw his face under so that bag. I, uh, I was watching a, a lore video. I ended up watching a lore video because I'm stupid and for guilty. Apparently, care? yeah. Got so there? Wooly, Wooly made Wooly was actually licensed by um uh the people that make Guilty Gear to create a uh, a lore video. Damn, I need to catch up on his channel. So it was it was kind of neat. Um, so Doctor Faust apparently was called Doctor Baldhead before he became, but that's not JoJo. But yeah, maybe. I just like the I, I thought Doobie was I liked how stupid Doobie was. You would. He killed him with his own snake. And he you, flexed poison out of his neck. You like how stupid um Wired Beck? Is Wired Beck the one they tied to a cactus? No, no, that was You Donna don't even re, you don't even remember tired tied cactus guy, do you? Donabang. Donabang. Well, other than the fact you just mentioned his name, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. He's not he's not one of the names you mention when you're throwing I don't up characters. Talk about Here's the thing. I don't like talking about Knife Nazi. <laughs> That's fair. We can forget as many Nazis as we want. 
Uh, he was remember, he was he was literally an SS officer, I believe. I Didn't feel, he say that? Yeah, I think he did. I think he literally said he was an SS officer. And it's funny because I feel as if Doobie ate a baby and I know he didn't. <laughs> his introduction was he dropped down from a ceiling and had like a baby sandwich in front of yeah. Jonathan. But that's not how he was that's not how that happened at all, was it? No, he he drooled on Poco's sister. <laughs> yeah. Like he looked like he was gonna do something like he was gonna eat Poco's sister or do something terrible, but then the gang showed up and murdered him really quickly. Like they they teed him up like he was gonna be like, Oh my god, the doobie Jonathan fight's gonna be no oh, it's already over. Oh, but he set a precedent that we've continuously had in every JoJo season so far. Yeah, I love I look for my Doobie my doobie of the season, my dubious character. And that is why I do not put um So you say we need to have a new tier list for Steely Dan? Like Steely we now... Dan is definitely in his own tier, yeah. So I May I nominate Hall Horse as the Doobie Wired Beck of this season? I would still put him in Steely Dan tier. He's oh, really? Multi- he's, he's shown up in multiple episodes. He's known when to cut tail. Okay, so it has to be a one-off villain that is so bad they're almost charming. Yes. Um... Yellow Temperance, maybe, but I don't like Yellow Temperance enough. I like uh, the fact that he was offered like a hundred million dollars. That's like my favorite part of Yellow Temperance. I, I'm guessing he wasn't the only one, though. Yeah, they've all been. He was the one that gave the number. Everyone else was like, "I got paid to do this." What if they all got paid a lot less and now they're upset about it? Yeah, they're like, "Ah, screw him." Um, damn it. I'm not. Jay Guile is not part of. All right. Well, we still have. We still have twenty five or twenty six episodes. To, to figure out who this season's who's joining Doobie and Wired back. That's fair. Yeah. So I guess oh, it's, it's so Whole Horse and and uh, Steely Dan. I guess if we're looking in the past, so are we including them in the tier with like the Pillarmen and Blueford? Who are we putting in that tier? Pillar like ACDC and Cars. No, not Cars. Well, Cars is the worst of the Pillarmen. ACDC and Whamu are the best. Oh, really? You think you put them both above Cars? Well, he was he 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 did bad things to Lisa Lisa. Yeah, he got really shitty at the very end there, so it's kind of hard did, to balance. He did make bird feathers into piranhas, though. He did make bird feathers into piranhas, and he had the mad res- like he had enough respect for his bro, um, oh Whamu. Whamu, yeah. Put up with all of Wamu's honor and warrior shit. Yeah. Like, until Wamu died, he was going along with all of it. Yeah, you know what? He was being respectful to him. But Wamu did load his own severed head into a crossbow. <laughs> You're right. It's hard to beat Wamu. <laughs> it's pretty it's hard to beat Wamu. Wamu is pretty good. Wamu is uh, pretty good. I, remind me if I'm misremembering. Was Wamu the child they raised, or was it just Santana? So no, the two children were uh, Whamu and Santana. ACDC raised. Um, ACDC was. I don't remember who was holding who, but yeah, they they took two children. They took two children that they raised. Okay, I couldn't remember if they just like randomly found a third person and then raised um, Santana wrong on purpose. Yeah, they raised Santana wrong and then used the lessons to better raise <laughs> Whamu. Is remember ACDC was older than Cars? I think it was like he was his teacher. Right, right. But when Cars decided he was going to kill off his species, what ACDC is like, ah, cool, I'm game. And his, 
and I don't. I think it can't go understated, even though the anime never directly said it. Obviously, his partner. Yeah. Like obviously, like no yeah. question. Tension. Um, yeah, that that makes sense. That adds up. Right. I don't think anyone could argue against. It'd be very hard to. Um, weird. Uh, while we're wrapping up this episode, uh, yeah, weird of question, course. Weird question entered my head. Not weird. A normal question entered my head. Just <laughs> as we were watching Kakyo and Big Breakfast for everyone. If you had to pick one guy from the squad, including Avdol, if he were still alive, one guy from the squad to be like best friends with. Oh, man. Ah, fuck. Who would I have the most fun hanging out with? Is In all honesty, I think Joseph would be tiring. I don't even know if we're allowed to pick Joseph. We're allowed. He's one of the squad. Okay, because I guess, you know what? We're old. I keep forgetting that we're old. Mm-hmm. It would be weird to hang out with Joseph. Um, yeah, that's a good point to bring up, though, because I guess everyone else is actually kind of young. Or oh, that's right. He's the only one that's age-appropriate. kind of. So, unless <laughs> Polnareff is like a little bit older. I don't know how old Polnareff's supposed to he be. He feels like he's too old for the group he's hanging out with. I feel yeah. like Polnareff is in his 20s, I believe. I would say he's in his 20s. Mm-hmm. And then, um, all right, so supposedly he's 22. Of course he is. He was born in 1965, so he's 22. Uh, I keep forgetting how, like, um, I keep forgetting, like, how this is in the 80s, so the 60s still isn't that bad. Right. Um, man, maybe, I I think uh, Kakyoin would be really fun to hang out with. It feels hard not to pick Kakyoin, doesn't it? He seems yeah. like, the, like the best, most friendly. He made them all breakfast. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a breakfast he made. You in know the, the middle he'll... of the Saharan desert somehow. He'll also pick up the check. Yeah, he's I, and despite what the anime has shown us, I still fully believe he's our tourist guide. Yeah, he's traveled. He's he's we know at least to some degree. He maybe he's a painter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, um, and you have a good point about Joseph. He might get his antics might get a little tiring if you're with him for a long while. It's like he's someone I would see. Like he'd be cool to have it like as someone you see at like a get together. But he like would he, totally like he like he married your aunt or something. So yeah. you see him at holidays, but you don't have to see him a lot. Good old Uncle Joseph. Yeah, good old Uncle Joseph. Yeah, our real that real estate guy. Traveled yeah, that, the world. Talks really a lot about when he was in his twenties. That feels like an uncle though, doesn't it? Yeah. Um I think Jotaro wouldn't be that cool. I think he's someone you'd maybe get a couple of words out of and be like, yeesh, and then Yeah. I don't even think Jotaro would talk. Paul Naraf, I don't know. I, maybe he would be kind of... I think Paul Naraf would try to make friends. He would be... I think he would try. And you would have oh, to God, have is patience he, to deal with it. Is he the guy that's, like, floating through the party as people try to, like, pass... Hey, have you met Jean-Paul? Hey, go, great. Oh, hold on. I'm going to go over here. And all of a sudden, now you're with Jean-Paul. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Kakyoin. I think Kakyoin's both of our first picks. I'm gonna go with Cat Coin. It's, I'm I have a real hard time picking between him and Joseph though. Just Joseph is Joseph so yeah. much. Oh, Joseph is so great. I would listen to his. I would have a beer with Joseph. I would be friends with Cat Coin. Joseph. Oh, oh God, uh, I'm back. I think Joseph would be the guy who gets drunk and crashes an airplane with you. Oh my God, it's yeah. both bad and good in its own ways. God, actually, I know enough real estate people professionally where I'm like, you know what, Joseph does feel like one of them. 
<laughs> he might make you feel less isolated than the kids these days, you know? That is a good God, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like if one of them talks about going to school or look hopefully getting to co- the moment like Kakoi, oh geez, I feel young talking to people in their twenty I mean, I feel old talking to people in their early twenty now. I was talking to someone, uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, assistants is like 23 or 22, and he may as well be 14 in my brain. So maybe it's Joseph now that I think about it with the age difference. <laughs> I, I would not blame you, and I'm kind of there with you, so I don't know where to go. It's like, because also, as much as we both love Ketcoin, the first time he talks about being a student, because you know that'll come up. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh God, that's right, you're still in school. I like red, I like a blue. I like a blue, I like a... Oh, Jackie. <laughs> uh, but if we eagled everyone's ages out, I bet an adult Kekuan would be a cool guy to hang out with. Yeah, I get you. Oh, man, that was a fun little discussion. I like the post-discussion. We we're, we have our tier list. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to keep tabs of that. We'll have to... Maybe I'll add that to the show notes where we have the doobie list and we have the... Uh, well, the Steely Dan tier... Or we have our tier lists or something. I, I would definitely name that tier after Steely Dan. Whoever else goes in it, it's Steely Dan right now. Yeah. Because even, I, I, I think, don't know. Man, even Whole Horse, who I think is a bigger reoccurring character, <laughs> <laughs> still under Steely Dan in that tier. 100%. Well, I'd see Whole Horse crawl out from underneath a couch. <laughs> yeah. I still uh, live. <laughs> Trying to warn them. Like, Oh, man, I hope we see him again, and I hope we don't regret it. Oh, my God, whole horse. Good old whole horse. Oh, man, well, that was a fun, this was a fun discussion. I mean, we did three episodes, so a Jumbo Pack, we will fortunately be blessed with, I think, back-to-back two-parters once again. Yep. Um, I, I think it'll be a little bit of time. I have not bothered to look at the second half of the season no, to try to see what situation we'll be in. I'm going to blissfully ignore that. I hope to God that it'll be a little bit kinder to us. Well, I got so more we'll see sp- what happens. I got more spoilers in store for me, but if I try to look than you do, at least you have a general idea of the beats, I think. I, that's the thing is my knowledge. I've really realized that I only remember the beginning and ends of this show. So uh, all this middle stuff is almost like brand new for me. So I've been, in, I've been enjoying it a ton. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, well, I, I, I'm. Uh, I, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, nope, nothing new for me. All righty, so I say, book out. Book out. <laughs>